Hi everyone, uh, John here from the Kennet Christian Centre. Um, I hope you're all well. Um, so happy Easter to you all. And I've been asked to share uh, a devotional thought on Good Friday. Now, the first question that would come to mind is, why do we call it Good Friday? In reality, um, when we look at this story, lead up to Christ going to the cross, very dark, it's very bleak. Um, we see human hatred uh, being lived out in, in its fullness. We see a web of lies against Jesus Christ. We see a miscarriage of justice in um, all that led to him going to the cross. We talk about this um, human hatred being lived out and we look at the whip, for example, um, this was constructed of leather, lead and bone, and it led to horrific injuries to those who were placed on the whipping post. Um, when you read scripture, um, I hope some things come through to mind when we start thinking about the cross and Good Friday. When the Bible teaches us that Jesus' visage was marred more than any man's, it shows you the beating that he actually took at the whipping post and um, the pain he endured on the cross itself. They say that his back was like a ploughed field. Um, so we, we're talking about the dark and the bleak element here and, and how can that be good? Well, I want to just say this is that um, this weekend that we're about to talk about Good Friday leading into Resurrection Sunday is probably the greatest weekend in the history of the world. Uh, now, why is that? Well, we'll go back to that question about why Good Friday. Well, it's good because it was the culmination of God's plan to save his creation from their sins. And what we're going to do is we're going to read a focus scripture because God put something quite specific on my heart that I want to try and reinforce through the Good Friday message. And we're going to read from Mark 15, verses 33, 30, 37. And this is about Jesus dying and it says this, at noon the whole country became dark and the darkness lasted for three hours. At three o'clock Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. This means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the people standing there heard this, they said, listen, he is calling Elijah. Someone there ran and got a sponge, filled it with vinegar, tied it to a stick and gave it to Jesus to drink. He said, we want to see if Elijah will come to take him down from the cross. Then Jesus cried in a loud voice and died. And the reason I picked those specific verses, I would say to everybody, if you get time, read the whole of Mark chapter 15, because it wonderfully paints the story leading up to Jesus being before Pilate the whipping post, and eventually going to the cross and what he endured there. But the word forsaken jumps out to me there. And what does that mean? Did it mean that God abandoned Jesus on the cross? And I ask this question and I, I pose it here. Um, well, there is an answer to that. And Jesus' words point to something far different here. When he died on the cross, 
all our sins, all our sins, without exception, were transferred to him. And you see, Jesus was without sin. And he was out without sin because he was God in human flesh. And as Jesus died on the cross, all our sins were placed on him. And he became what you could term, well, you could say, term a final and complete sacrifice for our sins. And it's at that moment, he, this is Jesus, was banished from the presence of God. Because you see, sin cannot exist in God's presence. And when Jesus cries out on the cross, it speaks of this truth. And Jesus had a very close relationship with God. You and I know when you spend time with family and friends, that bond between you becomes stronger. And quite often there's a desire to spend more time with that person and enjoy their company. But we, we read in the scripture that Jesus regularly throughout the day and the night, with, he retreated to a secret place to spend time with his father in prayer. So they had a wonderful bond. So being banished from the presence of God was a huge thing for Jesus, a very painful thing which he had to endure. But it was wonderful that he did endure this. Because Jesus endured separation from God, you know, really, it's something you and I deserve. But Jesus took that in, his place, in our place. Now, this is a profound truth, you know, that we are the ones that should be banished from the presence of God. Yet, it, as strong as that is and as hard as it may be for us to hear, it should bring us a great deal of comfort. Because Jesus Christ died for us, we need not fear death, we need not fear hell, and we need not fear judgment. And if you're going to say hallelujah, this is a good time to say it, because it deserves a hallelujah. We need to fear none of those things because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And the Bible, you know, wonderfully sums it up in a passage of scripture. Uh, and I'm going to read it for you. It's from 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ died for sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you and I to God. That is a wonderful, wonderful thought. It's a beautiful thought. God didn't abandon Jesus on the cross. And the fact that he didn't abandon Jesus on the cross means he won't abandon you and he won't abandon me either, ever in life, no matter what life throws at us, no matter what we do or how we behave. His love for us is simply unconditional. And that poses another question, what is love? Well, really, you know, there are different forms of love. But when I talk about true love here, the cross of Christ is true love. The message of the cross is very simple. Remember 1 Peter 3 verse 18, the righteous for the unrighteous, the righteous for the unrighteous. And the message of the cross is simple so that all of mankind can understand it. It's that simple. How much do you mean to Jesus Christ? How much? Well, 
there's a wonderful praise song which um, has a verse in it and it it says that you should look at his hands and that you should look at his side because you see his hands and his side bear scars the scars of the cross and the wonderful thing is even though our Lord and Saviour is resurrected and now sits on the throne of glory at the right hand of his Father, which he truly deserves, he reigns on high. Yet his hands and his side bear the scars. And these scars, you know, they're eternal, but they will bring to remembrance for all eternity for you and me when we go to be with them the level of sacrifice that he made for us. And that is very humbling for me and something I often think about that Jesus Christ would do that for me. When I look at myself, you know, I see, I see, I see sin. I, I, I err, I do wrong. But I know that I'm washed clean and I know that I'm pure because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was spilled out on that cross. That's the only reason that the Father in heaven doesn't see my sin, because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So my challenge to you is this in my closing thoughts. There's another worship song that, 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 that goes like this. It says, Lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. Lay down your heart. And come as you are to your Lord and Saviour. You know, Jesus gave up everything for us. He left his eternal kingdom. He was innocent. He was perfect. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he gave all that up to be born here on earth. You know, take on human flesh. To bring and reveal the kingdom of God to us here on earth. And the darkness of our heart put him on a cross. Do you know, he could have put Paul the perfect argument. The perfect argument, he'd have won the case. But he knew he had to face the cross. And that's one of the reasons why he was silent before Pilate. He said nothing. Because he knew the whipping post and the cross had to be endured that you and I could be set free. And I just want you to take all those thoughts. You know, it says that the curtain was torn in two when he gave up the ghost. And what did that mean? Well, it meant this. No longer did the priest have to go in with a piece of rope tied around his ankle because he was in on the Holy of Holies. Jesus' sacrifice and his death opened up a way for you and I to enter into the presence of God. And that's what, you know, tearing the, the, the temple veil in two means that the way to God was then open. And the way to God is open for you today. And all you've got to do is lay aside everything, open your heart and ask him in. So with all those things in mind, you know, I hope some of them things resonate with you. I hope they touch your heart. But what I'd like to do in closing is just um, finish this devotion with some prayer time. So let's bow our heads and, and close our eyes and give thanks to God. Lord, on Good Friday, we just remember everything that you have done for us and how you, Lord, humbled yourself and took our place upon that cross. I just ask, Lord, that the things I have said today will challenge us, 
O stir our hearts, and for those listening who do not know you yet as their Lord and Saviour, that, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, you will just speak to them very clearly and concisely, that you will filter out every lie of the enemy, and that, Lord, you will open up their ears and their hearts to your wonderful truth. May your light shine into their lives. May they have a new and a living hope, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that many will come into your presence and through the Good Friday message. And Lord, we again just thank you from the bottom of our heart. And thank you, Lord, that you gave up everything for your creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So God bless you all. I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope you've been touched. And we look forward to hearing what our brothers and sisters have got to bring around Resurrection Sunday. But be blessed and always remember that Jesus is there. He's only a prayer away. He's closer than you think. And he loves you very, very much. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye.